How deep the Father's love for us How vast beyond all measure That He should give His only Son To make a wretch His treasure how great the pain of searing loss The Father turns His face away As wounds which mar the chosen one Bring many sons to glory From the No Sponsorship Studios, this is Buddy Walk with Jesus, where real life and the kingdom of God connect. Now, your hosts, Joe and Edgar. Father God, I thank you for the opportunity to come before you, Father. As we look back on the things that you have done, we know that you are in our midst, Father, because that's who you are. 
We thank you for each tear, each laugh, each cry, each hug, and all the things that have happened during this time, Father. We know we wouldn't have gotten far without you, and we need you. We honor you. We glorify your name. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, friends, family, community, welcome back to another episode of Buddy Walk with Jesus. To start, as always, know two things. You are prayed for and you are loved deeply. Well, the big day is finally here. One year ago today, the first episode of Buddy Walk with Jesus launched. Two, well, crickets. Credit to our first two listeners, our wives, and I make the distinction with the anniversary because we actually started recording late last summer, and while that's when I learned the hard way to back your stuff up because my computer crashed and we lost lots. That's where a couple of those episodes that were deemed the lost episodes came from. Today, we're going to take a stroll down memory lane over the last year, lessons learned, that kind of thing. But before all of that, we want to take a second to deeply and honestly say thank you to all of you, the Buddy Walk community. It's mind-blowing to me, even still, that every week there's more of you. It's honestly humbling to think that this has become a vehicle for God's love and message to spread. So from the first to the newest, U.S., Africa, Asia, India, Middle East, if you listen to the podcast, if you listen to us on the radio, we say thank you. You are a big part of why this happens every week, and we truly appreciate each and every one of you. Part of why we push every episode to join the Discord server is we want to create an environment for believers, kingdom citizens, to come together. There's been some really cool and enlightening conversations that have come about in there. So as always, the link is in the description. We want to hear from you guys. We want you guys to get involved. There's also a link done in the episode description for our prayer team's email address. If you have any prayers, um, do not hesitate to reach out. You can do it anonymously. Totally fine. So I want to start off today by giving some practical advice from the last year. So like I mentioned previously, this actually wasn't my first entry point into the podcasting world. I've done editing for a few different shows, big and small, as well as some miniseries work. This has been, however, my entry into Christian podcasting, which is 110% a different animal, as well as Edgar's first introduction into podcasting as a whole. So there's been a lot of lessons learned along the way. There's been ups and downs and in-betweens. Edgar, you said something last week that I actually wrote down because it works in this context as well as the context you originally said it in. Don't let the perfect be the enemy of good. Let me tell you. It's about as good as nails on a chalkboard listening to yourself for a while sometimes. Doing the editing work for the show has been humbling, educational. 
it was tough at first. I had a very hard time listening back to myself speak, and it's been an opportunity for me to grow as a speaker as well as an individual. But it's something that can really trip people up when developing and recording a show. And so to that, I say, trust me, when I tell you, Edgar and I are not professionals, nor do you need to be. We've learned and continue to learn and grow along the way, just like anything else. And the truth is, we've accepted that some episodes will be better than others. That's okay. Not every single episode is going to be a classic. That's also okay. So don't wait until everything is perfect to launch. Don't be one of those people that stalls in pre-production saying you have a show. Take the first step. Then, next commit to consistency. If you notice, we committed to this thing being a weekly endeavor, and we've mainly stuck to that. Consistency over perfect is absolutely paramount. Consistency over waiting until you have perfect equipment. Do not strive for perfection because it's never going to be perfect. Again, if you want some of the some of the shoddiest headset audio, go and listen to the first couple of episodes. We've since upgraded our well, I've upgraded my microphone, um, and and Edgar figured out how to use his. <laughs> I kept trying to wind it up. It's not my fault. <laughs> if you feel called to this, then don't let the details like perfect equipment, saying the perfect thing, or the number of listeners that you have stop you. God will give you the opportunity to learn what you don't know. Trust and believe that for fact. I used to think that if I was the one in front of the mic, then I have to say the exactly right thing. Every single thing that comes out of my mouth has to be gold, and that's just not the case. Even though we are the ones in front of the mic, even though you are the one building the show, doing the physical work, don't get it twisted. It 100% belongs to God. Don't let your own ambition or self-focus block God's room to grow. Also, don't be surprised if by some route you get to the point of imposter syndrome. We've felt it. I've felt it. I know many Christian podcasters that have felt it. It happens. When it does, you need to A, likely come down from the emotional experience or state that brought you there. And B, ask why you're feeling this way. Really inspect that mindset to see what's really going on. And the beautiful thing is, is you don't have to be perfect. It was bad when we first started. If I stumbled, I felt like I needed to quit the show. I felt like I had no purpose in telling anybody else about God if I wasn't getting it all right. But ultimately, I was putting myself in a more important position than God as far as the show went. And that's often the case when your focus is on self rather than God in those moments. It's a weird aspect of doing this. It's your voice going out to people, but it's not about you. It's not about fame or fortune, which spoilers, you aren't going to get rich doing this. Even if you decide to put advertisements 
in your show as a Christian show, which we don't, you still aren't getting rich by doing this. Nor should that be your objective. All that being said, I want to take a minute to jump back to India as a means to explain a prayer answered. India makes up about a quarter of our audience, which makes my heart smile because you guys have been in my prayers for some time. That particular country has been on my heart for some time. And so now that God's using us there is outstanding to say the least. I say all of that to say, don't underestimate what God can do with the actions of a submitting disciple. So if you are called to get in front of a microphone, if you are called to spread God's word, regardless of the platform, then just shut up and do it. Plant the seeds. He'll take care of the rest. Don't get caught up in the idea that the messenger has to be perfect. I, I, I want to add to that, if I could just interrupt mm-hmm. for a second. What character you have does come out in the mix. And, and I'll give you an exaggerated example. It hasn't happened on the show, but if you're an angry person, you're going to preach angry or you're going to talk angry. If you're a loving person, it's going to come out. If you're humble, if you're prideful, all those things do come to the out in the mix. So, and the reason I say that is because God wants to use a voice. And the voice that um, becomes intimate with him can become his voice. So there is there is a vehicle that's done f- for for the person who's coming out that the character must be there in order for God to move through it. And, and it's like Joe is saying, it's not about you. Even though your character has been aligned with God, God wants to work with you in it. What what your life story has been, if you've gone and I'm going to say met the Lord in the challenges. And we've talked about some very difficult things on the show. Um, You could be overcome by them. Your mindset might not be changed. You might not be renewed. And when you try to convey God's truth, there's a barrier to it because the life hasn't lived in a, a surrendered yieldedness. Now, I know that's redundant. But I say that for a reason, because we must think of giving up our own selves and then yielding to what God wants to do. And God wants everyone to give a testimony of him, which is basically of the story of how God works in their lives, what God has done for them. Each story has value. But we've seen it where in our own lives, we may not see it as clearly because we have what do they call it? Myopic vision. We're short-sighted. But we may see it in a somebody else who has some character flaws, which we know that character flaws are not, I don't want to say that they're, they're not the worst thing that they're made of. They're things that God can overcome, renew, take away. Um, if we see a person talking with a character flaw, then we could see that we're not really paying attention to what he's saying about God, or we believe that he doesn't really know God, or we what we do is we start saying, okay, there's a disconnect here, and we're reacting to the disconnect. 
So when we have that character that submits to God, we have a connection. And it's almost like the person who's speaking is not the focus, but what God is putting through that person is. So it's these moments in the show that I absolutely love. When I can look at Edgar and be like, I'm going to put you on the spot here, on air, without him knowing, having any idea what exactly I'm going to say. I'm glad it's not on video. Right. <laughs> so in the last year, where has God taken you? Oh, I will say this before I start. One of the things, and I, I hope people can appreciate this, is one of the things I enjoy doing on the podcast is reading scripture. And I'm at the time, at the moment I am reading scripture out loud. I am enjoying it in my spirit because there's that engagement. Now, if people have a hard time reading scripture, maybe speaking it out and thinking about the words and doing an intonation, almost like, I hate to use the word, but like an actor would that's trying to bring emphasis to certain words can really help you engage with scripture. And I love it. It comes alive and you can almost feel like there's the characterization you're seeing, but you're almost involved in it in a way that's you're not involved. So it's kind of an odd thing. I have gotten to see that there's parts of my life that were very difficult that God wanted to bring light to, not for any kind of um, show or performance kind of thing, but that these were real areas. And what happens is a lot of times people think God wasn't there for me, but he was. He was during, he was there at the point uh, during the dysfunction of my early family where my mother would protect us by locking us into a room. And I don't mean uh, lock, a, like you close a, a lock on a person and you trap them in the room, but putting us there while um, she would be abused by my father physically. She would protect us that way. I've seen her get um, cut. Well, I didn't see her get cut, but she was cut afterwards. I saw the blood and everything. You know, this is who my mother was. This is the, the life she led that she brought us into and then this is this is not a thing that she meant to do but it happened and in this turmoil god exists as a little child i remember davy and goliath and just absorbing what davy and goliath was which was a catholic christian uh claymation show way back in the 70s it could be the 60s, but I'm going with the 70s. And here I go, and I st at one point I'm watching a, a religious commercial about, I don't know what it was, like a CD or something. And I had this outline of Jesus that came. Was it a vision? I don't know. I know that I was sitting on the sofa and just transfixed. A little boy who was probably about seven or eight was getting touched by God in a way that he perceived God. So God has was invading the chaos. One of the things, so that's coming to understand that the things that have happened are not as horrible in the light of God as we may make them. By that, I mean debilitating. It doesn't allow you to say, I'm going to be bitter or I'm going to hold a grudge. 
that's not what God wants of his children. He wants us to give forgiveness. And I described that in the um, How God Sees Children episode, The Sin of Pedophilia. God wants us to not hold back, especially from him and from sharing what he's done in terrible situations. There are women who have been abused and they may have felt alone, but we know that Christ suffered with them during that time because we know his work on the cross, but we don't perceive it. We see sometimes that he's abandoned us, but we don't see it through his eyes. Something is going on and it takes the course that it does for a reason. So I got a greater understanding of being sensitive to God and especially when he moves in a way that we don't understand or can correlate. If a person is suffering, they have to look to the suffering servant, who is Christ, who died on the cross, to take every sin away. And that's not only your sin, but those sins are the ones who were perpetrating it against you. The Bible talks that he... he for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. So the world, the world, there's an entirety there. It's a cleansing that happens. And I would put it this way. I, I don't know if scripture supports it, but I do get the impression that it does. That everything has been claimed back to him at the cross. So when he comes for it, Satan is not going to be able to say, no, I still own it or I have dominion in anything. It's all back to God. That includes our lives. That includes whatever was perpetrated against us, whatever we've done against somebody else. The blood has, is, has done a complete work. Now, there's a partnership a person does in coming to the Lord and saying, I want that to cleanse me from my sins. And I want you to save me from my sins and be my Lord, and I'm going to use a word that's out of date with some people, and master, and I want you to be the savior of my whole life, my sex life, my financial life, my physical life, my emotional life, my spiritual life, all of it. And all of so it, not hold back. to compartmentalize. Yes. It's so easy to guard pieces of your life from God. Right. That's one of the things that I've I've learned over the last year is and, and really it started before that. But there are parts of us that are messy. Right. We were fixing to have an entirely different episode 45 minutes before before record time. I my mind turns to applesauce because I have a panic attack. And now I step in front of the microphone and talk about there's this there's this reality to your faith that comes about when you fully accept and understand more so under or more so accept, but even understanding the idea that when these moments happen, you cannot be afraid to be in the mess with God and not be prideful and try to keep pieces away as if God won't as if you if you hold them away from God God won't see them and that's right. just not how that works 
if the Lord is Lord of all, he's the Lord of mess. Yeah. Yeah. And when you were talking about car compartmentalizing, I was thinking that there's denial. There's not, I'm, I'm not willing to look at that aspect. Now, women, you know, you do this. You'll see things only through your vision and you don't give any, any, any free reign. The only ones who do it worse than you is men. So <laughs> I was really, really wondering where you were going there. Yeah. I know for a fact, you know, my wife is so great. She, she will point out something, but sometimes she knows I got to wait a little bit longer. He, he, he's focused. <laughs> I feel like my wife has probably said something not not too dissimilar. Yeah, I think all women suffer through the men they love in their lives. Yeah, and they love them for a reason. Um, sometimes it's it may be a little cruel for me to think, but we really make them look wonderful sometimes yeah. by how how gracious they are. Yeah. So so long story short, what you can take from today's episode, you're welcome, women, for us making you look so good. This year has been a, a 10 year epic, right? It's been ridiculous from early on in the year to as we round it out and looking at every single thing that has happened this year and the ridiculousness in the laundry list of things, I feel like God has been teaching me what it means to actually do life as a kingdom citizen, as, as a Christian. And, you know, I came back to, I came back to where I live now. And, you know, after I had been woken up to the fact that the prosperity gospel was, not anything to truly hold your hat on or hang your hat on here i am saying okay so you survived this thing now what what does that mean and god started off by telling me there light that this life is about so much more than just slugging through to get to the good stuff on the other side and that was the entry point that i could not have begun to understand what was going to come from that over the last over the last year year and a half two years as this journey has been going through because it was that realization that made me that brought me to the point of okay so i i have these conversations with edgar on a regular basis and when we talk we've got chemistry and end up talking about things of god and usually there's some fair bit of of meat on the bone you know not every single episode that we've ever produced has been you know a five-star classic but you know it's from that point of having that conversation about starting this thing to now I can confidently say that over the last year, God has put me in a position to be able to remind myself of all of these things that he's teaching me at the same time that I talk to you guys. You know, you've heard me say on, uh, on, on the show before that the longer that you stand in front of a microphone, the longer that you stand in front of the red light, the more, the more vulnerable you're likely to become. And I feel like there's this 
relationship that's been created over the last year of all of you guys that keep coming back week after week and all of you that join week after week and that there's a collection of the of the saints forming and i have this opportunity god's put me in this position that you know as you speak these things you are also hearing these things and you know that kind of that kind of environment where you know i i i feel like i've asked the question and in spades week after week he's given me he's he's been there to answer that question of what now how do i do this on a regular basis it's been this course that has led to all of these lessons about how to operate okay so how do i operate when the world is in need matthew 5 through 7 start there how do i be a christian in a tumultuous time where it's so easy to just jump in your echo chamber and start espousing your opinion regardless of how well it syncs up with the gospels there have been prayers that i have had that have been answered there have been lessons learned there's been experiences had and so to look at what the story is dude you wouldn't have i there's no way nobody could have guessed what 2020 was going to look like but if you'd if you'd have told me everything that would be different in all my whole life i um other than the podcast over the last year i got married and um, started a church plant. And so there's been all kinds of things upended um, this year, but it's been nice, right? With the, all of the ridiculousness and the chaos and God is the eternal constant, but every single week coming, coming to the microphone, having a conversation with you guys. Again, that coffee shop, two guys at the, uh, at the table of a coffee shop talking, and we want you guys to feel like the third person in the room. So here I am going throughout this lockdown and every week having this outlet to be able to come to the microphone. And it's like, I'm having a conversation with you guys has been a really cool aspect over the, of the last several months. There's a thought in my head of how the world has changed. Let that thought a lot run. of people, huh? I said, let that thought run. Yeah. We have seen basically a lot of opportunity that we wouldn't think, and this is actually changing from when I started. We got to experience something that has not been experienced in, I'm going to say the modern world. Uh, last time was in 1917 17 if i didn't say that clearly enough um but there's been opportunity here which i want everybody to know that edgar was in fact alive for i'm just saying <laughs> um we have been in, in in my personal experience you know i have seen the opportunity to bless people and i mentioned this on the show uh with toilet paper when it became scarce and the people I would go to give it to didn't want it <laughs> which I found that boy that's odd don't they realize it's hard to get and then I finally came across the one that God had intended 
And I I walk through the neighborhood and I see him and I, I wave to him and everything and see how he's doing. And he was so appreciative and, and he, it was such a God timing thing for him too. So he's a believer, he was mentioning. But this is an experience for for us to get to know our neighbors in a way that we haven't. There are things you can do as precautions. There are things that um, I myself probably am a little bit more. Um, I want to. I don't want to say assured, but there's a certain confidence that I have about the things that are going on. The precautions you can take are enough, you know. Uh, but being involved in people's lives where we wouldn't ordinarily be, this was an opportunity for that. The church got to see what they really went to church for. Do they go for, as somebody puts it, the, how do you put it? The big screens, smoke machines, and skinny, skinny jeans. jeans. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, was it for a production? Uh, when you would have church online, it's bare bones. I'm pretty sure for most people. I don't know. If, I can't say that 100%. But you would just have your pastor speaking on screen, and it would look like somebody staying home on a Sunday morning. Right. Which is kind of odd because the church will say, no, you can't watch it online. You got to be in the church to be part of it. So now God brought this kind of also this little humility thing where everybody was forced to watch online until we figured out what was going on, what was going on. You know, but you got time to, with your family. You got time to really think about what's important. And for those who were blessed to be able to work from home, they got to see that you know that life as a full-time thing what it was like for them you know and make adjustments accordingly but this was an opportunity to find out what really mattered in your life right. to be able to speak to god without the traffic to be able to really concentrate get that extra time in yeah. where you always said oh, i can't read my bible because i gotta rush to work and believe me i get it i get it so, but now you don't have that. So the time you normally get up to travel so you could be there by nine, you had available to you. So maybe you use that opportunity to seek God. You know, you prayed more, you read more, you worshiped more. Right. There was a lot of opportunity. And one person shouldn't think that it's just a tragedy or a negative experience. I know a lot of people have felt that way and understandably so, but we are people with hope. Mm -hmm. So we must live like we have hope. If we don't understand what's going on, then we lack wisdom. So where do we go when we lack wisdom? Well, James says, ask God. I found in the last several weeks, I say, God, I lack wisdom. Yeah. And sometimes I get it. Sometimes I don't. But part of it is I'm expecting it. So I know that it will come when I need it at that moment. I don't have to get hung up. If I've been honest with God and said, you know what? I'm not understanding what's going on here. I need your wisdom. And God is faithful. And he's just. And he forgives us our sins. And I think it's always important to always say to God, you know, forgive me for my sins. We know that He he's covered us in the blood. But there is this kind of thing where... We don't want to step away from his holiness. And when I make a mistake, it doesn't mean like, oh, it's already taken care of the cross. I don't have to worry about it. No, I, I repent. I, as a matter of fact, I think I should repent more. I, I, I'm not to the level where I feel like I have that ingrained in me that I'm, I'm humble enough before God that I repent instantly. Sometimes I'm too slow and I notice I'm too slow. 
So there is a great opportunity for us in whatever situation to learn about God, to have hope, to hold on to what is real and genuine and important, what is noble, what is pure. These things are gifts from God. And every gift that he gives, he gives freely to his children. Right. So we can enjoy what's what's we can enjoy being in the midst of the situation because we know that Paul exhorts us to rejoice in all tribulations and everything that's going on because we are children of the kingdom. Okay, we're not children of this world, we're children of the kingdom. And we could speak to the situation so that our mind comes in line with the kingdom. We can speak to it. And one of the great ways to do that is to read scripture out loud. We have so very staunchly focused on the idea of read scripture, read scripture, read scripture. Having the Bible be the true north, not somebody else's take on the Bible, not somebody else's commentary, not your favorite podcaster, not your favorite pastor. I think part of why this this time, this year has been so awkward for so many Christians and so many churches is it shined a light in all of those places. So many people have been doing the same thing for years, for decades of just wash, rinse, repeat, because going to church is what you do on Sunday. And I'm not devaluing church. I never have. It's not, that's not my point. My point is that it has it can it can just like anything else become an idol and i think for some it has i felt like the theme of this is has been of this year has been god saying okay if you track with me you, everything is going to change but it's going to you're going to learn some things and that's a huge thing is that accountability factor you know laying claim to your relationship with god it's so easy to you know, have your have your Christendom be within the, the confines of the church that you go to or the friend group that you have at church or the pastor. And so being able to now pivot and say, OK, you know, this is this is the landscape of things. How can we bless other people in the way that you have blessed us? How can we turn around and push this forward so that way another person and another person can be exposed to Christ or can be blessed by this and remind that they are prayed for and that they are loved? That's why I say that. That's where that was born out of. You hear me say it every ep every episode, well, just about every episode. Um, you know, you are prayed for, you are, you are loved deeply. You are prayed for because you are prayed for and you are always loved. The most, I think, and, and I'm sure Joe will agree with me on this. The most important thing we want you guys to get is an intimate relationship with the Lord. And that can come in many various forms along with Bible reading prayer but prayer is also listening prayer is talking the way i talk with joe we've mentioned this on the show several different times you don't have to be good at this you don't have to speak in old english and you can speak as you would to any friend you could speak um in 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 half sentences you know god completes your thoughts because he knows your thoughts right. and, and when you are real before god it is a powerful thing 
because it allows for transformation. And that's what you really want. And it's this weird, unique, spiritual thing that happens where you become less like you, but more like you. You're more like the way God intended because you're being dwelt by God. God resides in you. And out of that, all that junk that has been patterned from the world and the corrupt system that we're in, and the part that is temporary, is being pushed out through a relationship of engaging with God. The Holy Spirit brings to mind what is something that needs to be worked on, what is displeasing to him, what is sin, what is good, he encourages you. He also prompts you, you know, these are the things that are important to God, where he'll say, you know what, say hi to this person, just say hi. And then you find out that the person just like shrugs you off and doesn't care. But you don't know what that did, but you were obedient. You may get to heaven and find out that your wave was the beginning, the planting, the watering, but it was God who made it grow. So we're to be obedient. We're not to look for the, the reward or the result. We are to allow God to do that, to own that, to receive the glory and honor. But we're to really honor and glorify him. And how do we do that? Well, we first must know him. We must know how to bring him honor. We must know how to bring him glory. And part of that is abstaining from sin. Now, sin comes in many forms and in many levels. And we are sometimes feeling like that's all we know how to do is sin. But God doesn't want us to be stuck in that. He wants us to look to him because he is light. But he also calls us light. You are the light of the world. And then um, where it talks about, you know, you can't hide your light under a bushel. But he refers to us as the light just before he says that. So he's saying he's indwelling us to be a presence in the world and not to cover it up with sinful behavior, not to cover it up with the challenges of I can't do this or a, a lower mindset. We are more able to do what God wants than we allow ourselves to. Sometimes we become resistant because it costs us something. Even though it's small, it costs us something that we're not ready to give up. And that might be something like a, a TV show or to give up eating a certain something or to go to bed earlier so that you could wake up earlier. So we're resistant in many ways. But if we get rid of that resistance, we can find that each little bit adds to our spiritual growth slash transformation. Intimate relationship with God is at the center point of truly living. We are called into life beyond our wildest dreams. We're called into the most loving relationship that has ever been known in all of existence. Not because we are that good, but because God is that good. But it's a two-way street, right? You've heard us talk about how true love is not forced. True relationship is not forced. Again, put think about it in a flesh and blood sort of way. Ladies, what if that guy came up to you and was like, no, we're going to be in a relationship. You should run the other direction as fast as you possibly can because that's not relationship. That's not love. And that's not true compassion. And we know that God is love. God is perfect love. 
And so there has to be a choice to enter into that with him and 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 be part of that relationship. He can't we're not robots. As much as I've I have prayed before that wouldn't life just be easier if we were all just robots and we didn't have to make the hard choices and experience the tough battles. But that's just not how that works. God has been speaking to me the last several days. Not so much since work started up again, but last weekend about light. Of course, we see light in scripture and we see light in science. And, and he was gearing towards light and science. And I'm going to read the scripture I meant, alluded to before, uh, Matthew 5, 14 through 16. And in the NLT, you are the light of the world, like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. Now, I know that a lot of people read this and they think this metaphorically. But one time I had the idea of what happens if this is not just metaphorically, but in the spiritual realm, we as Christians are seen as light beings or people who have light and what that must do to the demonic forces. God was speaking this and it incorporated science. And I'm going to draw this correlation. Light is knowledge. Now, I'm not saying a manly knowledge, a secular knowledge. No, I'm talking about God. And the reason I'm saying light is knowledge is that with because of light, with light, our eyes are able to see. We don't see in darkness. We see because there's light, and it, and it, and it goes into our eye, and it, and it does the whole imagery that it does that's designed by God. But from that, we draw the information we need, and we are able to take that information as knowledge and apply it. What if when we think of ourselves, we stop thinking about how bad we are, but like what Jesus said, you are the light of the world. So you are light. So what, what does light do in a dark room when you flip on the switch? Now I'm going to borrow from somebody else. I don't remember who, who had started giving this. This, um, and it's funny how when God talks to you, other people start talking the same thing. Who gave also this this um, scenario? You flip on the light switch. There's no negotiation with the darkness; it disappears. Right. It is gone. Okay, that's how powerful light is. By its presence, it doesn't speak a word. It doesn't negotiate. It doesn't, you know, do a battle. It ends the darkness. Period. What if you saw yourself as the light that Jesus intended you to be? What would that do to your mindset? You know, ca caught in sin, caught in repetitive, bad, um, what, whatever that phrase is where you repeat bad sayings to yourself. I'm a loser. I'm ugly and all this stuff. What Negative does that do? Yes. What does that do if you see yourself as the light of the world that Jesus spoke about. There's a sense of authority that comes with that light. Same as flipping that switch. There's no negotiation. You know, well, I'll, 
I'll do some, you know, get a different haircut or no, boom, you know, get rid of the bad thought. I am created by God. You know, this is, he loves me as I am, you know, do whatever you need to do to start correlating with your identity as light in the world, but for a reason so that people will see your good deeds and glorify your father in heaven. You're on a mission. You're not negotiating, you're doing. Light gets rid of the darkness and people can see around them. And then they glorify God because of that. Don't get caught up in the things that are tearing you down because they are irrelevant in God's eyes. You are the light of the world. Flip that switch, don't negotiate. It's over, it's done, and it's handled. Why? Because God has given you that authority. When you look at the way that you treat yourself, you can very easily um, look at the way you you can very easily draw a comparison between that and how you are interacting with the world. Identity has been this thing that we have talked about so many times on this show. It's been a running theme on this show because you know it's it's been interesting the last couple of weeks specifically god has been reminding me and replaying it over i've been this this verse has been replaying in my head where we are called paul calls it it says that we have the mind of christ well that has some some pretty big implications and you know, you guys have heard my stance on disorders. You guys have have heard where we fall in that. So if if some of this comes off the wrong way, go back to that episode and you'll see where our hearts land on this subject. But when, when you are told a thing by the world enough times, it's very easy for you to believe it. When you're told a thing enough times by yourself it becomes very easy for you to believe it when these situations when other people speak these things into your life it becomes easy to repeat it and we all have had we all have our stories we all have our backgrounds our our the the preamble to where we're at now in these moments when we're usually when we're, when you're young that shape and mold the narrative that you tell yourself and for a lot of people that is a very very negative narrative that's that's being told and while you don't tend to pray away a bad attitude we can rely on god we can rely on that conversion moment the the, the bible says that we are a new creation when we are saved we are indwelt we ha- we are a new creation and so in our mind we we have this we have this this passenger in holy spirit there advocating for us teaching us in the whole nine yards and so again drawing near again that intimacy when you enter into that intimate place with god when you have that relationship and you enter into a time of worship you are tapping into time with truth time in truth bathe yourself in that truth that i believe is what 
we're getting at with this whole thing of the having the mind of Christ and it ties into the spirit of fear that is over the world. We're not called to be careless. We're not called to be reckless. We're not called to ignore common sense and science, but we are called to be a fearless church. That's been a very big lesson for me over the last year or so that you are going to be challenged. You are going to be in a place, you're going to be placed in a position to um, to be uncomfortable. And, and a situation where the world may tell you to do a thing, get scared, not have hope. But that's the thing, guys. That's the whole thing. We have hope. We have something else, and we have a God that speaks an entirely different message over us when it comes to our identity. So, as we wrap up, any parting words over the last year? Um, I'm going to go with something that's uh, ubiquitous, and you probably have heard it a lot of times. No matter how bad the thing you're going through, it's going to pass. Sometimes you really have to hold on for your life and write it through. And maybe nobody else in the world knows that's going on, but God does. Yep. And he is there suffering along with you. And on, on the day of judgment, I wouldn't be surprised. And by judgment for the believers, I'm not talking about um, hell. I'm talking about seeing what God has holding for us. Uh, on that day, you may find out how much he was involved in your pain and, and your misery and, and walked with you through it. Sometimes we tend to think that God must, must rescue us from the misery. But we don't realize that character can be set in a good way through the misery that we travel. I can see that looking back. Going through, you don't really see it. You don't really see it and, it, it, and it works against you. In your mind, it plays terrible things. But later on, you realize it. Um, God is with you. He will always be with you. Just because it doesn't look like it doesn't mean that he's not. To cap this off, I want to remind everybody of the two core things you were prayed for and you are loved. This life does not promise ease, but it does promise victory. God promises victory. And so when you draw, that's that's the key. That's the that's the that's the special sauce that leads to a life well lived. Draw unto God, and he'll show you the way. Your way is gonna look different than your friend's way than it's gonna look like my way or Edgar's way or anybody else's way, other than Jesus at the cross. That's where the story starts, but your story may look different and that's okay. But draw into God because all of his promises, every last one of them are 100% correct. And you can count on that. So again, thank you to all of you that have um, been with us new and old over the last year. 
Um, we love you. And here is to um, many more years. Father God, I thank you. I thank you that you indwell us. You walk with us. You love us, Father. Allow us to know that whether we feel your manifest presence or not, you are there. We can talk to you about anything in, in authenticity. And sometimes, Father, you really enter in to our brokenness in a way we don't understand. You allow us to speak freely, even though those words might hurt a person. Your shoulders are big and you carry us through that pain saying, I want to change you through this. I am walking through suffering it along with you. Father God, thank you for who you are. We honor and glorify your name. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for tuning in to Buddy Walk with Jesus. For more information, check us out at buddywalkwithjesus.com. Look for us on Apple Podcasts and leave a rating and a review. You can also find us on Discord at the Buddy Walk community for prayer and fellowship. And lastly, if you check out the episode description, we have a listener support link and we would love your support for this ministry. As always, know that you are prayed for and know that you are loved.